Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings. Back with you with another All Football with Azul, episode number three. Catching up on the uh, landscape of the college football from this past weekend. Even going back to the last couple of weeks because I missed the previous week due to travels. But uh, going to get into this football and we're going to start with the Red River Shootout, which was a great and fantastic back and forth game by the University of Oklahoma Sooners win over the Texas Longhorns, and I'll get to the other games in a second, but we'll start there first, as that was the the better, uh, I guess you could say, game at the noon or 1 p.m. hour on Saturday. So the game started off with Texas getting the ball, didn't do nothing with it, and Oklahoma got the ball second on their first drive, got an 88-yard drive, and ended it with a Dylan Gabriel touchdown to go up 7 to nothing. The ensuing possession for the Texas Longhorns, uh, they went right down the field. Uh, it ended up with an uh, interception by Oklahoma. Uh, it was a pass attempt by Quentin Errors, and the ball popped up in the air. It was a nice hit by Oklahoma I was, uh, and the wide receiver, uh, the pop on the wide receiver, and it was intercepted by Kendall Dolby by Oklahoma early on in the first quarter. Now, um, Texas defense forced a down uh a fourth down on Oklahoma and went to uh, a special team situation where they blocked the punt in the end zone and Texas's uh, Malik Muhammad blocked the punt and recovered it in the end zone, which got them a touchdown instead of the ball going out of the end zone for a safety. So the go- the game uh, tied up at that point. Now, in this particular game, especially in the first quarter, it was a lot of helter-skelter up and down good and bad play with the special teams. For instance, the first quarter in this game, there was a, um, you know, I just mentioned the block punt after uh, Oklahoma got the ball uh, off of an interception. Um, on the ensuing kickoff return, Oklahoma got great field position on an end around uh, that got them field position midfield. Um, but even they couldn't do anything with the football on that possession. Uh, they ended up punting or shanking the ball uh, on a punt. But unfortunately for Texas's uh, uh, special team situation, they ended up uh, with a with a penalty with a um, illegal formation, which which uh, continued the drive for the Oklahoma Sooners uh, in that first quarter. Um, and then also Texas also had the um, the uh the the running the running into the punter also on that penalty extending the drive for Oklahoma. So there was a lot of crazy special teams block, with the block punt block. I mean, yeah, block punt in the rounds, shank punts, penalties. Uh, this was all in the first quarter. Uh, it it got off to a really awkward start, especially led by this uh by the special teams for both teams in, uh, in the first quarter. But uh, Dylan Gabriel had a very strong finish, and I'll get to that later. But in the first quarter, uh, he had a couple of miscued snaps, if you saw that in the game. Um, Texas, uh, after the running of, into the ki- uh, the kicker penalty that happened in that first, uh, he hit uh, Jaleel Farouk with a big 44-yard play uh, to set up a first-and-goal situation. And then from there, Dylan Gabriel... Uh, caught a break where Thompson, uh, the safety from Texas, uh, he dropped a pick in the end zone. He hit him right in the hands. He possibly probably could have made a big interception return, depending on how fast the Oklahoma offense would have recovered and maybe chased him down. He could have probably made a 99-yard interception return for a touchdown, but he dropped the pick in the end zone. Uh, Oklahoma ended up settling, uh, ended up getting uh, the touchdown, on that possession. I think that was big at the time, but we know this was a lot of back and forth play at, in this game. Orchestra, uh, Texas, they, uh, they got a, a nine play 85 yard touchdown drive. The ensuing drive, uh, just to, to make it 14 to 10. Uh, it was an excellent play action call, uh, to the tight end, uh, 25 yard touchdown reception. The, the gunner garnered help, uh, it was wide open on a corner route, and Oklahoma defenders were nowhere to be found in sight. So from that point in the game, uh, Oklahoma responded right back down the field. Uh, a Tony Walker goal line touchdown run to take a seventeen to fourteen lead. Uh, and down it now. Now going to the third quarter, you know, the same Tony Walker who had the touchdown uh, right right before halftime. He had dropped a wide open pass, man. Uh, 
wide open. Dylan Gabriel found him coming across the the middle, and he just dropped a wide open touchdown. So Oklahoma had to settle for a field goal. Um, within that third quarter, uh, Oklahoma uh, def- they, they they actually got off to a good start in the third quarter. Uh, Patrick Williams from Oklahoma forced a fumble uh, with a nice hit, and he and he recovered it uh, when over when Texas caught the pass and made the fumble. It was a very very good play. Um, going into the fourth quarter, this is where it kind of got really back and forth, and then pretty much whoever had the ball last was going to win the game. Uh, Jonathan Brooks uh, had a 29-yard touchdown t- touchdown run to tie the game at 27 to 27. It looked like Texas was going to, um, if they could have, you know get some defensive stops, they would have won because they went ahead with a 30 to 27 uh, a field goal to go up 30 to 27 with like 112 remaining in the game. And Dylan uh, Dylan Gabriel had the ball last, and he went right down the field. Uh, Texas's defense kind of. Dropped the ball. Uh, you saw them do well in Tuscaloosa versus Alabama weeks ago, but at uh, on a neutral site, they did not. They were not able to stop Oklahoma from coming right down the field. Oklahoma's last possession under the two minute offense. So they completed three passes. They drew a uh, they drew a uh, a pass interference that set up a first and goal. And on that second goal, Dylan Brooks finds Nick Anderson. Uh, with a touchdown pass to go up 34-30 to 30 with a point after touchdown with a PAT. And then from there, uh, Oklahoma had just a little bit of time, or Texas had a little bit of time to go up the field. I know they, they completed a couple of passes with a Hail, a Hail Mary attempt, but they were uh, Oklahoma was able to knock down the pass. So Oklahoma, big win on neutral side in the Rev River shootouts. Those games are always fun to watch, man. Uh, when those two teams meet up, and especially when both of the teams are in the top 15. So very, very good win by Oklahoma on neutral site, especially the win versus Cincinnati prior. And then for Texas, uh, you know, they'll, they'll bounce back. Uh, it was just a back-and-forth game. And, and I thought, especially in the third quarter, Oklahoma was able to maintain and extend the lead and allow Texas to come back. And he even took the lead, but it had a little bit too much time left, which Oklahoma executed well, drew penalties, and got a win in walk-off fashion. Well, and I would say walk-off fashion, but go-ahead fashion, and ended up knocking down the Hail Mary, and that was it for them. And then also, the other game I was watching, uh, especially, I went away from this game, uh, Maryland and Ohio State, and at first this was looking like a very good competitive game in the first half. Um, Oklahoma's I'm not Oklahoma State, Ohio State. <laughs> uh, in the first drive, we went for a fourth and two early in the game. and had a three-yard three loss with, with a Cody Simon run and ended up with a turnover on downs where Maryland uh, took their first drive because they had a short field, a 15-yard pass to Caden Prather for a touchdown and had to go up 7-0. Ohio State's defense uh, did a very, very good play with Josh Prather with a pick Six, uh, 24 interception yard return for a touchdown to make it 10 to seven. The game was 10 to 10 at halftime, but not that point. It was pretty much all Ohio State. They just dominated. Uh, Maryland couldn't do nothing in the second half uh, with the football. Ohio State plays an ugly brand of football, and especially when they're the home team, it's going to take a more physical team like your Notre Dame, like you saw a few weeks ago. It's going to take somebody like a Michigan to to make it ugly with them. And Maryland um, ran out of gas in that second half. And and after all that, it's like Oklahoma, I mean, not Oklahoma, Ohio State uh, just couldn't be stopped. So, yeah, and, you know, after it was 10-10 halftime, it was pretty much all Ohio State after Maryland's first touchdown after the half where uh, Tyler, Tyler Gavoya, uh he had the uh, nine-yard touchdown to go up 17-10. But that was, after that, everything after that was pretty much Ohio State. Uh, it got... Two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, we got a touchdown in the third to tie it up and a go-ahead field goal uh, to go into the fourth quarter. But from there, Kyle McCord uh, poured it on. He had you know, the big touchdown pass to Kate Stover. He had uh, hit Marvin Harrison Jr. for another touchdown. Uh, and it just extended the lead. Uh, went up 20 at that point. And uh, Maryland, the hype 
or what we thought we were going to see out of the Terrapins. Not ready for prime time yet, y'all. They're just not quite ready for the uh, for the Ohio States, the Penn States, or the Michigans in the Big Ten. And as far as Ohio State, good win for them, uh, keeping par as far as a top ranking. And then we, we still wanted to see the big uh, showdowns with the um, – uh, you know, the big schools, the Michigans, and, you know, Holiday Weekend and Penn State coming forward. Yeah, and then also another game I was watching, that LSU-Missouri game. And, man, what a letdown by the Tigers. They were up big. Uh, they scored on the first three possessions in this game. Uh, the first possession uh, was an 87-yard touchdown drive by Brady Cook. Uh, they ended up going up 8 uh, nothing on the uh, with a two-point conversion. Uh the next drive by LSU uh, after the uh, uh, the drive by uh, Missouri early in the game, they went right back right back down the field. Uh, got a couple of goal line stops. It was kind of a drag on th- that drive, but they ended up getting in the end zone. Uh, they got on it with the uh, Logan Diggs touchdown run to make it seven to seven. But uh, I mean, Missouri first half was on point. I didn't. I thought. LSU was going to get blown out, and good for LSU for hanging around, making it a back-and-forth game later on in this game. But in the first half, Missouri, you know, with the first three uh, possessions getting the touchdowns, Corey Schrader had a 21-yard touchdown run to make it 15-7, and also that that third possession uh, by Missouri where Brady, uh, where Brady Cook hit up uh, Mookie Cooper for a, a 23-yard touchdown pass as well. Uh, well, 23-yard reception, and then hit Tyler Stevens for a 20-yard gain. And then from there, the touchdown pass to, to uh, Northfleet, Brett Northfleet. Uh, for that point, I thought Missouri was going to really roll, but they kind of left their foot off the pedal. Uh, second quarter drive, 22-10 uh, LSU. Uh, finally caught a break defensively with an interception by uh, Harold Perkins at midfield, uh, halfway through the second period. Uh, LSU... Uh, got another touchdown to make it 22 to 17 in Missouri's favor favor with Jaden Daniels uh, with a touchdown pass to Mason Taylor uh, late in the second period right before halftime so yeah but, I mean the way the flow of this game was going early on I thought it was all Missouri I thought they were really gonna roll over LSU but LSU to my surprise they really fought and overcame Missouri on the road uh, Jaden Daniels uh, in the second half with uh, touchdown passes to Brian Thomas. He had a thirty. Uh, Jaden Daniels himself had a thirty-five touchdown run to go up in the game, thirty-five to thirty-two, with a two-point conversion. Uh, Missouri, uh, they ended up going back and taking the lead with three, like three oh six remaining in the game. Uh, but Jaden Daniels again uh, hits uh, Malik Neighbors with a twenty-nine yard touchdown run, uh, touchdown uh, uh, catch to go back up in the game. Um, LSU. Um, at the end of the game, with less like about a minute or minute and two seconds or something like that, uh, they had a chance to pretty much seal the game. They botched the snap, a shotgun snap, but they did end up recovering the ball. They punted the ball away, and they pinned the Missouri Tigers like around 11 or 10-yard line. They had to go a long field under a minute to at least try to tie the game. But uh, fortunately for the Missouri Tigers, um, Brady Cook threw a pick six, uh, returned by Major Burns, the safety for the LSU Tigers. He jumped the route. Uh, I don't think Brady Cook saw him uh, sleeping back there, and he jumped the route. Uh, a pick six uh, to make it uh, to go up forty nine to thirty nine, and I pretty much sealed the game for the uh, LSU Tigers. And big win uh, in the game of the Battle of the Tigers, and especially on the road, and especially the amount of points that they scored because I didn't, you know, after the uh, the loss to Ole Miss, you know, questioning if oh, LSU's season was pretty much on the line in the SEC West. So they got to keep packed with the uh, the teams out there like Alabama, Ole Miss. They got to make up ground. They got to kind of ruin the, wet, wet, uh, the rest of the way where in, in the sense of the Missouri Tigers, uh, you know, bad loss. They had, they had a big lead at home and they were not able to sustain that lead. They had... A nice win earlier in the year, Kansas State, but now um, they uh, it, SEC uh, games left. They, if they're gonna be in bowl, not bowl contention, but SEC contention for a a berth to the uh, championship, they're gonna have to win the rest of the way and rest of their schedule. Yeah, so they in in the sense of uh, Missouri, uh, that win in Kansas State that was like a few weeks ago. 
because they did pick up wins at home. They beat up on Memphis at home, a seven-point win a, a couple of weeks ago. Went to Nashville and beat Vanderbilt. But uh, the first loss of the game, uh, first loss of the year uh, to an SEC West team. They got a big game in Kentucky next week. Who Kentucky? You know, I'll talk about the Kentucky Georgia game a little bit later. But I uh, got Kentucky. Uh, South Carolina's never no slouch. They're always gonna uh, make you work. Then they got to go at Georgia. So those are two big games. And then uh, Tennessee and Florida back to back at home. And Arkansas's no slouch either. So Missouri's got some tough games. And not off to uh, you know after beating Vanderbilt. Uh, it would have been nice to have a win versus LSU, but man, tough. To, the next four games, I would say. I, you know what? The next six games are rough for Missouri. So we're going to see what's going to happen with them uh, at Kentucky, at Georgia, at Arkansas. Within their home games versus Tennessee and Florida, it's just a straight up gauntlet. And then as far as LSU, we saw them lose opening uh, the opening game versus Florida State. Uh, put up some a couple of good wins. The win in the, uh, in uh, Starksville versus Mississippi State. They had a nice win at home versus the Razorbacks, but then that lost that shootout game, fifty-five to forty-nine, uh, in the previous week to the Rebels, running Rebels. It was pretty much a back and forth shootout game on the road, but uh, they got a nice uh, uh, a road win in Missouri. In Columbia, Missouri. Uh, so back-to-back games scoring 49 points, man. For the Tigers who are upcoming games, they should be able to get by Auburn. And I'm not, I don't think Army's a threat. Uh, and of course, the always the Iron Bowl in Tuscaloosa. That's one of my favorite rivalry games. Uh, so it's really, let's see what they do to get through the rest of the schedule in the SEC West. And they got to face Texas A&M later on in the schedule. But in the, in the sense of statistically with Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for LSU, you know, I mean, he's put up some monster numbers. Uh, he had the 347-yard passing versus the Florida State Seminoles. Uh, he had a five-touchdown uh, game versus Grambling. Uh, Mississippi State, 361 yards and two touchdowns. He threw for 324 touchdowns in the pick versus the Razorbacks. Mississippi game, I mean, he threw for 414 yards and four touchdowns. And then even in Missouri, uh, 259 yards and three touchdowns. So he, he's put up some very monster games, very big games, uh, even though the two losses. But he should be considered, you know, in that Heisman Trophy uh, consideration statistically as what the numbers he's been putting up as well, you know, on the passing tip. Uh, you know, then he also gets it done on the ground. You know, he ran for 130 yards in the Missouri game today, so he's putting up total games. Almost ran for 100 yards versus the running Rebels on the road. So, in two back to back weeks on the road, he's ran over a combined 200 plus yards. Uh, and he also has four touchdown runs on the season. I mean, all the offense goes through this man, young man's uh, season right now for the Tigers, and let's see how they do for the rest of the season. You know, I saw that uh, Alabama pulled out a 26-20 win over Texas A&M. I'm glad. Listen, I am glad that I don't buy that Texas A&M stock. I tried to buy a little bit in that Miami game, and I and I got snake bitten. It's the same Texas A&M second half shit as per usual. Uh, whether it's at home or it's away, uh, they play a close game in the first half. And then it's a couple of plays that kind of differentiates the outcome of the game. And that happened in the uh, second half with Alabama once uh, Alabama got that 23-17 to 17 lead in the third quarter. So no matter what happened in the first half of the game, uh, no matter how the court is playing or the defense is playing for Texas A&M, Alabama for another week found a way to get past another SEC opponent where in the case of Texas A&M and Jumbo Fisher, they didn't find a way to drop the ball. And, and like I said, with, with the Milro, the Milroe touchdown to go up 24 to 17, Texas A&M needed to respond and they do goofy shit in the second half. Like they normally done all season versus quality opponents with the safety to, uh, to go down in the game. And then, um, there was a point in this game where AM had a pick six or a possible pick six uh, opportunity and bad breaks by this team. It happens often because Texas AM was supposed to cut the lead uh, from 26 uh, 17 to 26 23, but the, the pick six was uh, 
went under review and his foot went out of bounds by barely. I mean, it's just bad luck, man. Just bad luck by Texas A&M. So his foot went out of bounds. And then from there, A&M uh, went uh, and kicked the field goal. Uh, they couldn't even convert on a, a short field. They went on, um, they had a short field at the one-yard line because when they had the the pick, the foot went out of bounds before the ball crossed the plane. And they could <laughs> they couldn't even convert a touchdown uh, on that last drive, man. That was this was terrible. I mean, you see this coming a long way with them. So in the case of Alabama, they find a way to run off the clock, get it, get another win. So since they lost to Texas, what thirty four to twenty four in Tuscaloosa, they've uh, got two wins versus the Mississippi schools, and now a road win uh, at A and M. Uh, they got. LSU later down in the schedule, the Tennessee Volunteers, Kentucky, of course, the Iron Bowl, like I mentioned, versus Auburn earlier on in this episode. So good win by Alabama on win, uh, on the road and no surprise there. And never buy the Texas A&M stock, man. I mean, I just leave it at that. I was like going back to the uh, Syracuse game, uh, losing to North Carolina badly, um, got smoked. Now, May, um, Huge, huge monster game. I didn't even really see a lot of that game. I saw like snippets and highlights, and I'll and um I laid my plan there on the uh, the game in North Carolina. But wow, what a North Carolina's rolling. Uh, nice wins in Pittsburgh uh, early in the year. Win over South Carolina, and then win big time win over uh, Syracuse. Where Syracuse lost, you know, loses two in a row. Clemson back to back weeks. So off to a nice start, but faltered two you know two straight losses. Um, really disappointed in Washington State. Um, I thought they would have put up a little bit more offense on the field in Pasadena versus the Bruins, the UCLA Bruins. Cam Ward with a, a subpar day, two interceptions as well. Could not get his receivers, uh, Williams and Kelly, open. Uh, they had very good weeks versus Oregon State a couple of weeks ago, but they uh, they they dropped the ball. To the UCLA Bruins. So, in this, in the case of the uh, the, the the Washington State Cougars, their for, first loss of the season, where UCLA and when they they had the game uh, versus Utah, remember they uh, lost a low scoring game uh, in Utah, and now they're back in the, the mix of things in the Pac-12. So, the, so these same UCLA Bruins, they got what road games at Oregon State. That should be a good game. Oregon State, show me a little something that they should. Um, you know, have a little something uh, for the for the Beavers. I I think they can, man. I mean, I think uh, bounce back. Uh, you know, after that loss to Utah, very low scoring, terrible all defensive type game. They got the uh, Cardinal, uh, the Stanford Cardinal, and then also they got the uh, Colorado Buffaloes, and they should. These are winnable games. I don't think they're at the Oregon State, and if they get by them, they can actually run a table and have a Big matchup uh, with their in-city rival, the USC Trojans. Uh, that, that's in uh, November, right before Thanksgiving. So the Bruins are indefinitely uh, the driver's seat if they could get past Oregon State next week. And I guess when it came down to the Georgia-Kentucky game, I think a lot of people were expecting Kentucky to put up a fight. And, and I thought they would have gave a fight. I really did because their defense and the methodicalness of their offense to be as efficient as possible. And, and, and to be honest, the way the Bulldogs this season has played uh, up until this point, you know, they haven't really smoked subpar teams. They kind of been on cruise control. So you kind of didn't get the vibe of the version of the Bulldogs you were going to get. Uh, but as far as SEC matchup round one for the Bulldogs, well, round two when they beat up South Carolina. Okay, I guess you could say the South Carolina game. I guess you could throw that in the South Carolina game. Uh, Kentucky was no match in Athens, Georgia versus the Bulldogs. Bulldogs just destroyed them. Um, got off to a huge lead in the first half, never really looked back. Kentucky got one quick touchdown at the start of the second half. But Georgia responded and really was in control in this game. Um, it's really not the much to talk about in this game, but just except for the fact that in the SEC East, with Georgia, 
uh, Florida. That, it's going to come down to that game and also the Tennessee game. But Georgia versus um, uh, Florida at the uh, you know that annual game they always have in Jacksonville. It's going to come down to that, and then how they play against all you know Auburn uh, and also um, in Tennessee. Um, so bum vayage to the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, just laid a big fat egg in the primetime game Saturday night in Athens. Um, just got outplayed and out, just out physical and just destroyed, pretty much. And on to the uh, Notre Dame Louisville game. Uh, man, this was kind of the similar results of a game earlier today. Uh, in the second half where Louisville just turned it on. A close nip and tuck game between the Fighting Irish and Louisville at fir- in the first half. But when the second half came along, just like the Ohio State game versus Maryland, uh, the Louisville Cardinals just turned it on uh, Saturday night out there in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, especially in the running game, multiple touchdown, long gashing touchdowns against the Notre Dame defense, which is, to me was a little surprising. Uh, of how physical Notre Dame has been up until this point this season. Uh, thoroughly outplayed uh, Louisville with the comfortable win at home, uh, cracking the top 25 going into the game. But what does it say for Notre Dame, you know, with the one goal line loss against Ohio State a couple of weeks ago? And now, you know, getting their second loss of the season, I mean, it's up, of course, it's recoverable. But, you know, as far as national championship hopes for the BCS, uh, a second loss is, could, could be detrimental, especially with them playing in the independent uh, conference. Uh, you know, Hartman, you know, get, you know, sacks all over the place. Uh, there was really no answer with the uh, pass rush with the Louisville Cardinal in the Louisville Cardinals in the second half, along with the run game as well. So big win uh, for the Cardinals, uh, even though it's not really conference play per se. But uh, Louisville is probably going to go up in the rank, probably crack the tw- top twenty after um, uh, the game Saturday night. Uh, versus the Fighting Irish, man, and it was a struggle. It's been struggleville in the second half, man, and uh, totally opposite of the way they played against the Ohio State Buckeyes as far as how they came back in that game. And just t- Louisville's crowd was all into it tonight. Uh, the alumni shots on television there. Uh, good win for them, man. Very good win for them. And I think uh, with Gerard Jordan, the running back for uh, the Cardinals, I think this might have been, I'm thinking this is fourth game over 100 yards. I kind of lost track of the games earlier this season. I would think it's like oh, it's fourth or fifth. I'm thinking fourth, but I have to go back and look at the stat sheet as far as what he did tonight. Because as far as the Cardinals go, is or as far as he goes, the Cardinals will definitely go into ACC. Uh, as far as winning games and, and him actually, uh, you know, thrash catching the balls and, and Gatewood uh, and, and Jordan as well, the receivers for the uh, Louisville Cardinals, they, they were pretty much more of a run-heavy team. But then when you look at Hartman, and it's a very disappointing uh, performance today uh, or, you know, on Saturday, you know, through two interceptions, Really couldn't manufacture the offense and surpass the pass rush. I mean, they came with blitzes. They came with the front four. Uh, they they are all over uh, Sam Hartman in the, in the Saturday night Saturday night game, primetime game. Uh, and ba- just a bad loss for the Fighting Irish. Yeah, now I guess uh, last and certainly not least, uh, I wasn't going to talk about it, but might as well the Arizona USC game. And that shit went into multiple overtimes, man. Like, Arizona should had no business in multiple overtimes with USC. So that begs the question with USC is, we know USC could score a lot of points. We know they could, uh, you know, offense out well, but what's up with their defense? Is there... Are they going to have enough defense to sustain somewhat of a national championship run or at least something in the Pac-12? And that remains to be seen because Arizona had no business on the field with USC, especially on the road last night. It really didn't. And I was shocked, uh, especially uh, the way they botched the field goal in the fourth quarter, USC. Um, you know, you know, you never can really trust Lincoln Riley's defenses. You can't really trust that shit, honestly. So, uh, 
you know, I'm going to get into the depths of that more so with USC as the season goes along. I don't really trust them. Like, I didn't trust them last year, so I should be surprised. But it's the same shit with them. It's the lack of defense. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, just to pretty much cap up or cap off the college football, just to had to put that in there with USC, with uh, struggle over time, win over the Wildcats of Arizona. Yeah, so on to the NFL. And, of course, uh, we're going to tackle the first game. That would have been the London game. Back-to-back weeks for the Jackson Jaguars in uh, London, England, the United Kingdom. Matter of fact, you know what? It didn't hit me. I guess, I don't know, man. You know how you see things and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. You know, you knew the Falcons and the Jaguars played in the previous week in London. I mean, it just didn't hit me, like, right until watching this game. Like, oh, shit, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, back-to-back weeks in London. Like, I didn't realize that. They stayed out there, obviously. I mean, it's back and forth, seven-hour flight to the States, so that's that's just too much time in the air. But nonetheless, uh, the Bills have a home game, or quote-unquote a home game on neutral site in London versus the Jaguars. Uh, you know, I don't like that for the Jaguars. Um, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of this. You know, I've been to London twice for Giants, right? But I, I just don't like what this NFL is still doing with this, it's almost like interleague baseball or the promotion of it in a sense, just trying to throw it down our throats. But as if I guess it's a cash grab to an extent, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm neither here nor there. Let's talk about the game. And, and the Jaguars early on got off to a very good start, got a touchdown pass, uh, Trevor Lawrence, and then also a two point conversion. Uh, and then later on in this game, uh, Stefan Diggs got a touchdown. So it's been like uh, an 11 to 7 game, pretty much majority of the game. Now, the, the Buffalo Bills defense, uh, they've done a great job, especially with strip sacks in that game versus Trevor Lawrence. A recovery one right before half where the Jaguars were marching down the field in a two minute offense. And I thought the Jaguars were going to get a touchdown the way they were moving down the ball, uh, moving down the field. But. They ended up getting a, a strip sack and a fumble recovery right before the half. And the same thing happened in the uh, start of the fourth quarter where the Jaguars uh, uh, have having the football, the possession, and another strip sack and a fumble recovery. Now, guys are getting hurt in this game too, man. You know, a couple of injuries, knee injuries. Um, Jaguars, ha- the end, they haven't really done anything in this Second, well, since the first possession of the game, or the first couple of possessions in the game, uh, so for the majority of this this game has been nothing but eleven to seven all game long. Uh, so yeah, the game in London, uh, you know, they got another game next week. Was it Ravens and Titans? I don't know. I'm kind of London now when it comes to this shit. Yeah, there was a uh, third down play early in the fourth quarter where Josh Allen threw a deep post route to Stephon Diggs, and the ball was uh, intercepted by Matthews. So big play by the Jaguars' defense uh, to keep them in the game. And, yeah, that was a big play because the Jaguars turned that interception turnover into a nice drive right back down the field midway through the fourth period, capped by a Travis Ntn touchdown run to go up 18-7 to after the PAT. Yeah, I mean, credit to the um, the Bills, the very next drive, they went down the field, and Josh Allen had a, oh, he had some time in the pocket, kind of moved to his left, and found a a, a, a parallel route uh, by Gabe Davis in the touchdown, but uh, the refs, uh, I think there was a penalty on there, they got the touchdown, but they, they went back for a two-point conversion from the 20-yard line, like, they really went for that shit, man. And then just flags all over this place, man. It's an ugly, ugly game, man. They got the two points anyway over the touchdown. Or, I don't know. I mean, it keeps on calling back. I don't know. This shit was weird, man. It was really weird in this game. The touchdowns, calling it back. Flags all over the place in the fourth quarter. And let's give credit on that big third down. A 32-yard reception by Kevin Ridley. 
uh, on third down, man, it was like three minutes and eight seconds left in the in the in the fourth quarter. So uh, it was a big, big completion to extend the drive, eat some clock, and then later in the drive after the catch, uh, Travis Etienne had a big thirty what a thirty five yard touchdown run to make it twenty five to thirteen with right over the uh, two minute warning or right before the two minute warning. He went between the, the tackle and the guard, and he was so low to the ground, but he kept his balance and outran Micah Hyde, the safety, and it got into the end zone. And what what a way for the Jaguars to uh, extend and keep the lead, you know, or extend the lead or, 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 or a response score. So, yeah, uh, good job by the Jags in, in this game in their second week in London. I mean, shit, I mean, what? On the very next Buffalo drive, they went down in like 40 seconds and scored a touchdown, and uh, Josh Allen got in with a quarterback keeper. Uh, they went they went up the field fucking fast, man. Oh, my God. I mean, this this game did pick up in the fourth quarter. It definitely did. Um, You know, before you could blink or grab something to drink or, you know, even a quick, uh, quick uh, Z's or something in this game. Something always happened quick, especially in the fourth quarter. It was kind of an okay back and forth in the first half, but this, uh, the fourth quarter, they uh, it was bang, 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 bang from both teams on their last possessions under three minutes. It was a good win by the Jaguars. Uh, last attempt by the Bills. Uh, they had a long way to go. Uh, they tried to do a hook and ladder, but end up a fumble and the Jaguars fumble recovery. Uh, Jaguars 2-0 in London? Uh, I think this is the first time any, any NFL team could say that in the same season, right? So the Buffalo Bills go to 3-2, and two and the Jaguars go to 3-2 and two, uh, after back-to-back losses, right? Like, it seemed like they um, did better in London than they did at home in, the, uh, in Duval County, Florida. Now, when it comes to the early games, um, Detroit... Uh, destroyed the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so not going to even waste my time in that game. So congratulations to the uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, and also the Saints destroying the Patriots in New England, in, in Foxborough. Uh, they, wire-to-wire win for both of those teams. Matter of fact, the Saints game kind of looked like the Packer game or the Saint-Packer game from a few weeks ago. But in this case, they kind of kept the lead and extended it. So, uh, congratulations to that. So, I want to focus more on that Baltimore uh, Steeler game. Um, a game that the Ravens controlled throughout. Yeah, I, I want, because, you know, the Ravens had a very good win against the Cleveland Browns. And I figured another um, uh, road game in the AFC North, they would have at least, uh, you know, got another one in Pittsburgh. And they had, it was added for the taking, you know. Uh, they had a 10-3 to lead at halftime. But in the fourth quarter, it was all Steelers. It was it started off with a block punt. Uh, that turned into a safety to make it 10-5 to for the, you know, the Ravens. Uh, Chris Boswell, the longtime kicker for the Steelers, made it a field goal to make it 10-8. to, uh, 10 to eight. But... T.J. Watt had a fumble, strip fumble recovery for uh, a turnover for the Steelers. And then Kenny Pickett, under two minutes, uh, made the go-ahead touchdown. Uh, the George Pickens, it was like a 41, 42-yard touchdown pass. It, it, it was a shocker of a, a game. The way, the, how the ebb and flow of that game went with the Steelers taking a late lead. Uh, and then also Boswell tacking in on a, another field goal at the very end. I don't know what happened to the Ravens in this game. Sometimes you have those collapses at the very end, and and the way they played against Cleveland, you thought they would have, you know, they had the the AFC North was kind of way up for the ranking because of how Cincinnati kind of got out of the, you know, got a, you know, to a slow start, and Cleveland has its issues. Although defensively, Cleveland has played well this year, but Baltimore, uh. They, they they were dominating this game in an ugly game, but uh, Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter with the special teams blocking punts. Uh, they also got the field goal kicking out of Boswell and also the TJ Watt swat, uh, a fumble recovery, a uh, sack and fumble recovery, and then also uh, the the Ravens defense went to sleep on that that on a pretty much a man coverage play uh, up the right sideline, and wow, that's just a bad loss for the Ravens, man, a bad loss. Uh, the other game, uh, 
the uh, the Titans and the Colts, uh, a game where Richardson, the, the quarterback for the uh, the Colts, got hurt. He um, left the game. I think he had like a shoulder injury. Um, Zach Moss, who uh, is playing running back right now, I know uh, Jonathan Taylor just got his contract extension for like three years, forty two million or something like that. But in the Colt game, uh, and we we know that we know that the Titans can't score, or, or they don't they're not used to scoring a lot of points outside of the previous week. But this game was pretty much uh, the Colts. You know, Gardner Minshew comes in, still kind of operates, manages the offense. They got uh, touchdowns out of Zach Moss and Tajay Spears, right? Uh, Matt Gay, who's probably been the best kicker this season in the NFL, was able to uh, get a couple of field goals in that third quarter and then also into the fourth quarter. Uh, he's been money. Like, that, go back to the game in Baltimore where he had, like, four 50-yard field goals. And then in the next game, he, um, will, he pretty much took the lead over in the Titan game and then added on points as they came. And Titans, with Ryan Tannehill, could have done nothing. Really could have do nothing offensively. Uh, you know, he had the one, you know, Tannehill had that one pick in in the game. Now, I know Hopkins has, con- you know, got finally got a loose a little bit, but could have get the, uh, uh, could have get um, uh, Henry going. Henry hasn't, you know, you know run, rushing the rock like that. Uh, he didn't get the touchdown today with Spears, who got the touchdown today. So, uh, you know, the Titans with a bad loss, especially in the game where Anthony Richardson got hurt. And the Colts win again, 23-16 to 16 over the uh, Titans on this one. And um, very good win by the Atlanta Falcons. With a, it was a very good end to the fourth quarter of that game. Um, C.J. Stroud had a touchdown to Dalton Schultz uh, with, with a go-ahead touchdown. Uh, but the Falcons came back down the field and uh, scored with a winning field goal or game-winning field goal. Uh, we got to give the the, the 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 Texans have been playing well. They they had the uh the game in Jacksonville and they won. They beat the Steelers at home. Uh, they had the game. They came back in, in this game to take the lead, but they could not hold off the Falcons, who got off the losing uh, the losing Schneid. Uh, uh, Desmond really had a, a big game today as well statistically. Uh, but it was a pretty much a back and forth game towards the end, low scoring game, but back and forth. Uh, and and it was. To the to a Falcons win or or a Falcons a Falcons victory with a game winning field goal to win twenty one to nineteen. Uh, I guess I could go back to the game on Thursday, right? Uh, I guess technically it's all we uh, <laughs> uh, football across America with Azul, right? I mean, the Bears dominated. Congratulations to the Bears and and the, and the Commanders looked like shit <laughs> and they look they, they look bad out there. So um, I really don't want to get too much into that. They had a big lead and they held on to that lead. So kudos to the um to the Chicago Bears uh for uh, a win in uh Maryland um on Thursday night football. Uh am I missing any other games? I think those are, I mean outside of that, I mean you could always listen to the full details of the Giants losing to the Dolphins. Uh my quick thoughts on that game, uh the Giants um they can't score, they can't stop nobody, can't block, can't pass rush like that. It's just all bad. They may be the worst team in football. Uh, if we look at all areas of, of the game, Barkley's hurt. Daniel Jones got hurt, with, left the game with a neck injury. Even when Tyrod Taylor came in there, he actually looked like he did more with the offense than Daniel Jones. But outside of that, you're not getting anything, you know, no stops up the middle. And then also, I mean, they did have – I mean, I give, I give the Giants defense this. They had the big 102-yard interception return. Uh, that kept them in the game with the Pinnick, the Jason Pinnock return for a touchdown. But, I mean, the Miami Dolphins was kind of toying with them all day. Van Ginkle was coming off the edge around Evan Neal all day. I mean, that's nothing new. Everybody has done that all this season. But everybody knows about the Miami offense, but it's really how fast they are with Tyreek Hill, a chain, uh, Devin a chain, or, or Raheem Ostar, or, or Waddle. I mean, there's just so many guys, so many weapons. They're so fast. And, the Giants' defense just don't have enough speed to cut off the angles on these game-breaking players, and that's. The, and I, I'm actually surprised they only lost by 15. So I mean, I I, I would be surprised if the spread was 21 points or something like that. So the Giants lose, go on, and they got Sunday Night Football uh, against the Buffalo Bills, who are coming back to America uh, after losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
so those those are pretty much the one o'clock games. I think I got all of those, and then the four o'clock games. So when it gets to these uh, four o'clock games or four thirty games, the Eagle Ram game, and listen, man, I mean it's just terrible the fact that how how much better the Eagles are better than the. Uh, most of the teams in the NFC not named the 49ers. They're probably better than the Cowboys. But in the game this Sunday versus the Rams, uh, I mean, they just dominated. They ran a rock. They threw the ball. They, they're they accurate with the deep ball. With Hurst to J- A.J. Brown. The blocking up front with Jason Kelsey. Uh, Lane Johnson. The, the guys, they got it all. The run game was Swift. Or Brainwell. Uh, uh, Brainwell is running the, the backup. Goddard had a big game. Goddard had like 100-something yards. The L.A. Rams was never a threat. I mean, there were times like I saw Hurts do a end zone pick, but the Rams really didn't do anything pretty much all day. Not that they were a bad squad. They played okay this season, but, you know, they, played, they had a couple of good games like, what, the Bengal game on Monday night? Uh, even when they play Seattle, they did okay, right? But the Eagles just, you know, far outmatched them. Like I think it was like a two to one ratio with top man time of possession. Um, you know, it's frustrating because you know, doing these games or you know college and pro, but especially when it comes to pro, you know, you know, my allegiance is the football side of things. Watching your rival. Oh, well, I guess you're, I guess you could say you're superior at this point, just dominating on the road like they are. Uh, they have the quarterback, they have the line, they have the defense. They make the right personal decisions in the offseason, bringing the right guys in. And, I mean, they just dominated the L.A. Rams. Um, and then I, I'll go to this, um, this Bengals-Cardinal game. Where, at first, the Cardinals, listen, the Cardinals play hard. And I know people write them off because it's a, it's a roster that needs a lot of reconstruction or a lot of um, makeover, per se. And they don't, you know, playing with Josh Dobbs, who's a, a decent backup quarterback. But um, the Bengals finally needed, you know, ever, you know, you know, going back to the Monday night game versus the Rams, back-to-back games, you know, uh, as far as needed to get back off the schneid because they had some some letdowns, uh, the Pittsburgh game opening week and then losing to the Cleveland Browns the way they did. Um, but, but definitely, uh, a win in Arizona. And, and then like I was saying earlier with the AFC North, the, um, Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns, like it's really a toss up in that division. I mean, people picked the Bengals at first and they got off to a rough start, but it's not going to be easy because every team in that division plays hard. Um, but as far as the Bengals, uh, you start to see the office open up again. Uh, Joe Burrow to to uh to Jamar Chase. You saw a lot of that today. They even had a pick six with Cam Britt. Cam Britt with a re, re, with a pick six for a touchdown. Um, well, 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 um, well ran win for the Bengals in Arizona. Uh, the Jets and, and the Broncos, the Jets played hard. Listen, Jack Wilson, I know Zach Wilson gets, he hasn't played or lived up to the number one overall billing. The Jets defense is going to keep the Jets in a lot of games. The whole reason, you know, we all know, we talk about this and everybody talks about it with Aaron Rodgers. He was supposed to be the guy to at least put him over the top to at least a conference championship game. But as far as Zach Wilson, I mean, he's played hard. Uh, you know, you saw him come in against the Buffalo Bills on Monday night, opening night. And then, um, Going in, into Denver, um, uh, you, you know, orchestrate the offense. Brees Hall had a couple of, uh, had a touchdown. De- just defense creating turnovers. Uh, you know, they, they, they um, the, the Broncos had a bad day with holding a rod, at least three fumbles that I know of. Uh, and then, you know, the Jets are going to play an ugly brand of football that I can respect. Uh, but their defense was all over Russell Wilson's sacks. The front four with uh, Wolf Huff and Jermaine Johnson. The the Jets played an excellent game. Uh, Elements, uh, they played out. They played fucking well, man. You know they did a great job in on the road, uh, up in Denver. 
uh, the Kansas City uh, and Viking game, uh, it w- the Vikings started off the game with an opening game or opening drive with a fumble. Uh, but you know the the Chiefs, they know how to get points. And they know how to make plays. Uh, they they've done a great job in that game, going up and down the field on the Vikings at will. You know, you know, Kirk Cousins. You hope to see that uh, continue to make plays throughout the rest of the fourth quarter when they were down uh, twenty seven to thirteen. But before I even go back to that, let me say one more thing um, about that Bengals performance, and hopefully things change. A uh, fifteen catches and one hundred and ninety two yards by Jamar Chase. What a fucking day! I didn't really peep that. I knew he was getting a lot of catches, but Dan out. He he really went off, man. He went off, man. They needed that too as well. Uh, you know, the Jets dominating in Denver, the uh, the Bengals needed uh, a win like that in Arizona, especially how the Ravens lost today in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a hell of a game, man, by the, by the Bengals, man. But yeah, overall, a good batch of college football and pro games this weekend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you got the Cowboy Niner game after the, the recorder of All Football with Azul. Uh, uh, and then also the Monday Night Football game, uh, Packers and uh, Raiders. Uh, but yeah, man, I definitely enjoy, um, n- you know, more, I think on the college football front, I saw a little bit more surprises with the wins. Uh, maybe one game in the NFL, I say, or maybe two games in the NFL, I saw surprises, but, but overall, good batch of games, and I hope you enjoy uh, all football v- with Azul here, you know, College and Pro, and signing off, Sound Grissel, ladies and gentlemen, Blue Blue. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 